Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views. Good morning, Alan. Good morning to listeners. It's lovely to be back in studio on yeah. this gorgeous day in Wexford. And looking out on the key front with the arrival of the Motor Show. Look, speaking of the key front, you're in the news and I was actually in the council chambers when you raised the issue and it's something that we're well aware of, Trinity Wharf. Uh, according to Porrick's article in the Irish or the, the Wexford People newspaper this week, he says, he, you called for a sanity check on Trinity Wharf. First of all, let's remind people what Trinity Wharf is, please. Well, Trinity Wharf is a proposed development down at... Uh, the south end of, of Wexford Quay that it, it's been talked about for a number of years but it put it in for planning in early 2019. Now a seriously ambitious project which uh, the, the scope and the ambition of it I would I would have and would be fully supportive of which it's something that would have involved the development of the lengthening of the quays, a hotel, a civic space, a performance space, uh, offices and some residential. Um, it was something that uh, the, the council are fully supportive of. Uh, it has been included in terms of financing from a council budget. But I suppose the one part that I was asking in relation to the sanity check part is, well, number one, I believe we still need more hotel beds in Wexford. So that's something that was unfortunate that the Neville's Hotel didn't get the, the go-ahead. I think if there are... If yes, there is an, if because, there is an, yeah, because they're still looking for that hotel. They're still they? looking for it. Yeah. And I think Wexford still needs more hotel beds. I, I think that, the, again, we, we should be more ambitious in terms of the offering that we have in Wexford. It's an amazing county. So look, the hotel, absolutely. But since... Since the idea of Trinity Wharf came about, um, COVID happened. Mm. And with COVID, the way that office spaces and people work and interact with work has changed. So a lot of offices and a lot of businesses have gone either hybrid or have gone remote working. So it was just a simple question in relation to just have we done a sanity check to see that the model that we had in place prior to COVID is it still going to be fit for purpose in a post-COVID world? Because the one thing I don't think anybody in Wexford wants to see is maybe blocks upon blocks of empty office space. We don't want to see that. It's, it is a flagship site. It is a very prominent site. I do believe the hotel, if and when it's built, will be massively successful right? because it's gotten more amazing views and it's in the heart of Wexford town. But just for the rest of the site, that we just that we're sure as we move forward as a council that we are investing in the correct things, the correct makeup, whether that's apartments. Mm. Like for me, from a shopping point of view, my main priority always has been since I've been in public life is supporting the main street. So we want to ensure that our main street is still supported. Anything may be put in there isn't going to take away from that. We do need performance spaces, absolutely. I get from but, you, Leonard, you're a little bit sceptical about the whole thing. It's, it, again, it's just, I would like to see, and I asked the question, and in fairness to Tom Enright, he did say that, yes, they are appointing consultants uh, later this year to look at phase two, which is the uh, the business side of it. So they yeah. are, I think, doing a reevaluation. According to, and I mean, you can, you can give your view on this, according to Porrick's art, he says, uh, he says, phase two, we may need to reassess. Uh, he's quoting the chief executive. Tom yeah, Enright. So, so that's uh, the part so I'm, I was glad to hear that. Uh, and again, if that reassessment says, look, all guns blazing, keep going with the plan that we had, that's fine. Right. But I think that that reassessment, especially in this post-COVID world, definitely is needed. Right. So, so, good to so hear that. just reading from from Porrick's article where he says, and quoting the chief executive, he says, uh, "Phase two, we may need to reassess. That's for apartments and more office space. That will come down to market demands. We're in the process of appointing a financial consultant to advise on expressions of interest and processes later this year. We hope to break ground on the access road, which is the first part of this project, within the next month." Yeah. 
Now that's fairly clear, isn't it? I mean, that's that's a positive step. No, that is positive. And look, I am not against this as as a project, I, and I never have been. But we've been talking about this pre the first. Um, there, there was originally I imagined to be a, a development there before the economic collapse in two thousand and eight. So we know we all know what happened then. Then it was brought back onto the table, scaled back slightly. Again, we are positive about it. COVID has happened. It really is just as cost inflation, which we are all aware, anybody that's tried to get any building work done, we're aware of the inflation that's going on from a, a right. cost point of view. So number one is to see how financially viable it is. But number two, that the world of work, as we had prior to COVID, with these multinationals we're hoping to maybe bring down the financial services, that has changed. And we do have an anchor tenant in Mara, which is which is very... Um, Who are they? They're the Maritime Area Regulatory Authority. So they're going to be an authority similar to the EPA and hopefully similar in scale to the EPA. So I think th- the fact that we potentially have them as an anchor tenant is very positive for there. Mm. And especially considering now that we have the Technical University of the Southeast when we get our new campus, that there's a lot of positivity around this. It's just, as ever, we just always need to be vigilant. We always need to be just keeping an eye to make sure that we are doing the right so thing. And the world of work is What are you actually piece. looking for? Are you looking for a re-evaluation of the cost of it? Because the figure quoted here is 120 million. Well, well, from a cost point of view, if this is something that the private sector, because this is going to be involving having that partnership with the private sector, if that if it looks like that they would be willing to come on board with that, that's fine. I would, I would have a worry if there's going to be a greater cost for the council in relation to this project. But number two, just the actual viability of are we going to be building the right things considering how the world of work has changed since COVID has happened? Are we still doing the right thing by potentially building the scale of the offices that we were talking about prior to that? But do you, do you accept and if, that? And if so, that's yeah. Do you accept because even looking at the, the, the drawings Tom committed over here... To that. In fairness, yeah. I, I think yeah. Tom did commit to that at yeah. the council meeting. So Because looking at the, the, the diagram of what's here, or the picture of what's here in front of me, the planet looks, it looks powerful, actually. It does. Yeah. And, and look, and if that was built and if that was filled with life with 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 industry with culture we will all love that mm-hmm. what we don't want to see is something similar to and i know it's a different situation but if, if you're approaching waterford for 10 years there was an empty shopping center there for 10 years mm-hmm. it's starting to come back to life the furry bank site but nobody wants to see something being built there that's going to end up being empty and then if, if buildings are empty you end up with with social problems associated with that. It's a flagship site. We just oh, need yeah. to get it right. Okay. I believe so far we are. It's just to ensure that we continue to make sure it All is. All right, so can I just conclude this issue before I move on to another issue or two before we conclude our chat with you this morning? Are, would you like to see set in stone then who the tenants will be before it's built? Or do you not think that they'll still have to build and, and then show what they have so that they can attract them in? What's your view on that? I would like the business case to be shown to the council to say that this is what we're planning to do Okay. and this is our hope to get them in. But ultimately, the council can't be left. We, we have enough of other things we also need to be investing in. So we need to ensure that this is a success. I, I'm still hopeful for it. I am still very hopeful All for right. it. But we just need to be vigilant. Anyway, you've raised your points there. Uh, the full article, as I said, is in the uh, uh, the, in the People this week, penned by Pauli Byrd. Um, look, you and I are both aware, we were talking off air about this yesterday. Yeah. There's a number of concerns from people because of the housing crisis we're in. There's definitely a mood shift to us taking in people from Ukraine. Now they're coming in, and a lot of the people coming in at the moment, Leonard, are coming in very traumatised, unlike people who came in earlier. Because speaking to Sean, the people coming in from places like Odessa and Mariupol are coming in with literally nothing. It's leading to friction. It's leading to, even on the text line here, different views on what we should or should not be doing. Empathy and sympathy towards the people from Ukraine, but frustration with what Wexford people are going through. Yep. What's your view? 
and then we'll get on to the volunteer aspect of it. What, what do you think? How, how can we get a balance? The, the balance is what we have to understand is that there is an absolutely massive issue when it comes to housing in Wexford and throughout Ireland. That is not caused by Ukrainian refugees. At all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the issues that have been building have been building for years. So... We touched on this yesterday. You had an interesting conversation with Baker Tilly. With Neil Hughes, yeah. Yeah, in terms of, look, you asked him what would you do in terms of the the housing situation. And he said, we need to be radical, and we do need to be radical. But what does that mean? We need to look at ourselves and go, what are we willing potentially to give up Hmm. to ensure that we can do this? Prior to COVID, Alan, uh, sorry, when COVID arrived, the government put in certain emergency measures. Why was that? Because they were afraid that that the health service was going to collapse. For so many now in our society, the housing crisis is something that is collapsing for them. You've had people on here who would never have looked for assistance from anybody in the past in terms of getting housing, yeah. who cannot find a house, that are in absolute fear that they're going to have been and, homeless and have within the money weeks. To, and have the money have to the money have. So the piece is we need, and the government may talk about that they are building houses and the scheme and they have so many that are coming through, yeah. but ultimately it's not happening fast enough. This is an emergency situation so they need right. to put emergency measures in place to ensure that that happens. Bring in the workers if they're not here change the laws of Tanita on a short-term basis to ensure that we address these issues. So are you saying to me this morning that the same uh, element of urgency that they put into the COVID crisis should now be applied to housing? We are in a crisis. We are, and especially if you consider the fact that, yes, this ties into the absolute frustration. Irish people are good. We we are not against Ukrainian refugees coming in. But yes, I understand the frustration that people have in relation to that they themselves, their children, are leaving the country because they can't find houses. I have to wrap it up, Leonard. You wanted to talk about the volunteers to round off our conversation I'll give you the opportunity to do that you're, you're fearful of burnout for people like Sean Boyce and the other people who are giving of their time freely Volunteers in Ireland have held for many years have held the fabric of our society together uh, they do it across the board and everything from sports clubs to tidy towns to meals on wheels what what the team in Ross Lair, so friends of uh, Ukraine, Ross Lair, and all the other friends units around the country, or in the county, they they have been looking after the most basic of needs of the, of the families that are coming in here. Yes, the agencies have started to get their their SHYT together recently, but still, there's still a massive resource issue when it comes to people like Sean in terms of their own well-being. They're meeting people on a daily basis who are highly traumatised, but yet they're having to worry about will they have the basics to be able to give to these people that are arriving. They're having to depend on good people, whether it be everyone from, from the Lions Club to the Rotary Club to the, vol- the amazing work that the Volunteer Centre are doing in terms of finding these basic needs. Yeah. If they they need money to do what they're doing get them the money the government need to do that yeah. if the government believes they shouldn't give them the money then that then let the government do the work that they're doing and disband them and this, if, if needs be but ultimately they're doing amazing work I think we all acknowledge that fund them give them what they need say what do you need and do it or step in to allow them because they are volunteers allow them to step back into the lives that they have, which I'm sure they all have had prior to the Ukrainian crisis, and allow them to do that. But we're allowing, unfortunately, volunteers to take the slack. Mental health is another thing, Alan. We've been, I've been here with you several times before, where we have to have volunteers shaking buckets on the street to pay for services that are vital. Mm. That's wrong. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views. Alan Corcoran.